This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Come on, Sissy That Pod, let's get sickening! Are you a fan of the Emmy Award winning show RuPaul's Drag Race? Do you think about Roxy Andrews at the bus stop? And do you belong in Party City? Well, Sissy That Pod is the podcast for you. Join me, James, and my co host, Keen. Is there something on my face? As we chat weekly about the runway realness, sickening shade, and backstage buffoonery. That's right, whether it's new episodes of Drag Race US, UK, or All Stars, Sissy That Pod will spill the tea with a new episode for you within 24 hours. So make good choices and subscribe to Sissy That Pod from the Headstuff Podcast Network, and we'll leave you gagging on our eleganza. Now, let the music play. Hello, you're very welcome to another episode of F&I Rap Chat, the podcast for Irish film professionals. So we're back in lockdown. This is our third lockdown. Um, a lot of productions shut down, a lot of stuff in limbo. And uh, sorry to say again that we're here again. Um, it's it's pretty tough tough going at this stage, but it does seem that this is going to be our last lockdown, hopefully. Um, with that in mind, uh, we'd like to give a plug to the project at the moment, the Minding Creative Minds. Uh, something we've we talk a lot about uh, is the well-being of creatives and uh, people working in our industry. Uh, so we'd like to really welcome this new initiative, um, mindingcreativeminds.ie. It's a, an organization established to offer a free 24-7 well-being and support program for the Irish creative sector. So anyone who just wants to talk to someone um, and it's catered for people in our uh, sector. So we'd encourage you to check that out, uh, mindingcreativeminds.ie. Um, Big shout out to uh, Mia Malarkey, uh, <laughs> one of our co-hosts on the show, uh, to, for her success uh, getting the, the focus short uh, for her next short. Um, it's an incredibly competitive scheme uh, and it's a real, real achievement uh, to get it. Um, also, would like to uh, point you in the direction of her new uh, episode of Fine. Fine is a TG Kahar award-winning documentary series that goes behind big news stories or things that would have been well known at the time, but it tries to tell the personal stories behind kind of big national stories. And while you're at it, um, my own episode of the series, I got got the chance to uh, make a longer version of the Dr. Andrew Rin story that I had done as a short film. Um, and you can also check that out on the TG Car player. Um, for anyone interested in sound, even as a director or a writer or any other kind of creative in the industry, uh, but also for people who want to be sound designers or even um, just are, are interested in it, uh, check out the Steve Flanagan uh, class that is going to be as part of the F&I Connect and that's on the 11th of February. Um, Steve has an incredible career behind him and is well known for doing uh, projects like Normal People, Room, Last Days on Mars. Um, <clears throat> and he's won a whole plethora of awards. So I think it will be really interesting to hear his take on sound and the importance of it. Um, so today's guest is Kieran Foy. 
probably Ireland's most successful genre director um, and is well known for uh, films like Eli, Citadel, Sinister 2. And his career is just absolutely taken off at the moment. Um, the Netflix series Haunting of Bly Manor was another big hit. And he has some really exciting projects coming up. We had him uh, do one of our F&I at home events a few months ago. And we had him for about half an hour or 40 minutes. And it just wasn't long enough. Um, so we were really keen to get him back. And Paul Butler Linux got to sit down with him recently and go into a little bit more detail. So let's go to Kiran Foy. I might take you back to the kind of the start of everything, really. And um, I don't want to go over all ground because we covered a lot of this in the in the other online chat, which will be available on the YouTube channel. So uh, we want to give you as much value for your airtime uh, and your attention uh, to the listeners, in particular. Um, I suppose, kind of, where 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 did you grow up? And we grew up in the eighties, right? You're seventies kids, so yeah, yeah, seventy nine. Um... I uh, yeah, I grew up in the eighties. Um, grew up in 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 Calaster. Um, Outside Yeah, exactly. Um, and yeah, my 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 dad always says like he kind of <laughs> sort of regrets taking me to to the first film I ever saw. First film I ever saw in the cinema was Return of the Jedi. Um, when I was four, and um, I kind of. I think I just became obsessed with anything that was kind of weird and and the word I, I tend to use the most is like extraordinary. Like anything that was ordinary sort of bored me, but yeah. it's extraordinary. I was into it and um yeah, became you know obsessed with with Star Wars and and um you know then later Star Trek and X Files and, and sort of I was sort of baptized a geek, I think at, at in in nineteen 19- <laughs> 1983 when I, when I saw that um, on the big screen and, and, and yeah, it was kind of just, you know, mesmerized by, any, by anything that was like, you know, horror, fantasy, sci-fi related. Um, and then, um, yeah, as a, as a, as a kind of young teenager, um, you know, going into town uh, by myself for the first time and, and discovering Forbidden Planet, that was a big, that was a big moment. Um, and you know, I'm sure, I'm sure I was, I overstayed my welcome in that shop because I just, I just mosey around there for the day, just like reading stuff and, um, and then occasionally buying a comic or whatever. <laughs> um, but, um, but, uh, but yeah, and then you know, sort of just writing little stories and and drawing and always just in that headspace. And um, yeah, as I was saying on the on the the last time like at one point really just wanting to design video games because you know sort of went through a period of like just um being big at the games and stuff and then realizing what that actually entailed um and having no desire to learn programming or anything like that I was like no nah, nah. um and then 
and then getting very interested in visual effects, special effects, um, you know, anything related to ILM and, and um, you know, sort of how the effects were done in my favorite movies. Um, and then trying to recreate that on, you know, a friend, a friend of mine had a, had a camcorder and we'd just shoot like stuff that had, you know, it, it, it's only reason for being was to, ha- to have some special effect in it, you know. Um, and then, um, and then realizing actually the special effects guys and the guys that I admired, like Dennis Murin and all those guys, um, they, they don't get to say what kind of visual effects they're doing. They get, you know, they're, they're a tool in service of the story being told by the director. Um, and so, um, so that started an interest in directing and what, what does that entail? And just sort of started to teach myself stuff by, you know, watching films and, and like pausing it. I didn't, we didn't get a, we didn't get a, a VHS player till 1993. <laughs> it was like really, really late. Um, but, um, uh, yeah, just like, you know, recording stuff, pausing it, like breaking it down and then trying to recreate that, you know what I mean? Um, and, and just learning that way. And, uh, and then I was like, you know, yeah, I was just, I was obsessed and that was when I was about 15 or whatever. And then, yeah. did did Were you one of those kids, not unlike Spielberg who, you know, went out to toy soldiers in the back garden and you know, literally plot out sequences and stuff. Or like you said, recreated sequences. Star Wars, yeah, I'd yeah. imagine, with, with, with figures, I'd imagine as well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, anything, it was figure, like, figures and then, figures and Halloween kind of fireworks were always a dangerous mix because that was like, <laughs> you know, I'd, kind of, I'd, um, I'd sort of go to town at that time. But like, and then just like with, with friends, um, just doing our own our own kind of rip off versions of like you know the rock or you know or whatever like was the 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 the, the, the movie we just seen and Stanley Goodspeed <laughs> exactly <laughs> you know and and I kind of uh, yeah we we we'd sort of you know every so often we get a lend of that camcorder and we do something but um but it didn't really become a it was always like a hobby kind of thing because I was like. I, it still seemed kind of mythic to me as to how how someone from my background would go about doing this, and um, I did a yeah, I did a year's portfolio kind of preparation uh, thing in in Marino, and gosh, um, there was a bunch of Super Eight in there, the Super Eight camera that nobody was using. Yeah. Um, so I think I used the whole the whole <laughs> like the whole supply. Um, and that was fun, you know, and, and the, the look at that and the fact that you have to be, I think there's so, there's something cool about the fact that there's a finite resource or something and you have to, it's like when I used to take stills. I, I think my the best stills I, I've ever taken were when you knew you had, you know, 36 shots on this thing and that's it. Whereas, you know, today, like you take, I take 50 in the one go on the iPhone and maybe one will be good. But that discipline, especially with Super 8, because it was like, yeah, you have to develop this. It has to be sent away and sent back. And then um, that was really, that was a really good kind of way to learn to be, 
to, to you know, that you better be sure that this is the shot that you want, you know? You've got enough left on this particular reel for maybe two more takes and you better choose your angle and you better get the take right. But like, and then that would carry over into the edit because, um, you know, uh, eventually when I was using like 16 millimeter and stuff, it was like, you know, the, the, it was a pain in the arse and a process to make <laughs> a cut. Well, and so you had to really think about it um, as opposed pay attention, to... Attention, lads. Know, Fucking pay attention. Kind of stuff. Exactly. Um, can you know, I can um, I can I ask you? Did did like were you, were you? It, it's actually shocking to many people I speak to who weren't who didn't see horror movies that weren't appropriate age appropriate for them. You know, were you one yeah. of the kids that were that either? I wouldn't say loud because I don't want to put you on the spot to crucify your parents. But were you <laughs> were you someone that sneakily watched like a Nightmare on Elm Street or? You know, when you were like way younger than you should have been kind of watching that content. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably. I mean, I think um, I had I had a friend in 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 school who had a, a a VHS player way younger than any of us. But his um his parents were like kind of you know um I remember like on his ninth birthday we got Robocop, you know. <laughs> Um, so it's like a bunch of nine-year-olds watching this thing, which the parents assume based on the cover is about the, you know, like the Tin Man from the Wizard of Oz or something. And it's like to have no idea actually what the what the what this is. And, and there was a kind of I think in regards to like sci-fi and and horror, like a kind of an innocence where do you remember a few years ago there was like this this there was this sense of like with Bad Santa that well if it's Christmas related and it has to be for kids. You know, and it's like, yeah. no, 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 like it's, you need to look at the search for these things. I think it was an innocence related, like if you see creatures or monsters or robots, then uh, that's like, you know, the parents' recollection of stuff in, you know, in, in the in the 60s or whatever, like they're referencing was probably more B-movie, more kind of like innocent. Or, but yeah. Um, yeah, we watched Robocop and a lot of like early Verhoeven, like Total Recall and... um you know, Halloween and... and By today's standards, know, not age-appropriate at all by today's standards. When you wouldn't show that to a 10-year-old now. No. Oh, God, no. No, 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 no. no. Like, <laughs> like, uh, the, like, like Robocop, but like Robocop was... It was kind of like... It was scarring. Like, you kind of... Like, I watched it. You sort of know you're not supposed to be watching it. And it was shocking, but exciting at the same time. And... And then, you know, you kind of, you sort of end up chase, ch like chasing that high where it's like, I had another friend when I was 12, whose brother worked in, a, in the UCI in Kulak and um, got us, sneaked, got us in to see Terminator 2, you know? Yeah. And it was like, um, again, like when you're, when you're that age, it's just, you know, you know, you're not supposed to be watching it. And that actually makes it, you know, kind of. I don't know. It, it, it makes it more exciting somehow. And um, I was, because I, th I, I think ultimately it's a bit like, you know, and I had friends like this who would start watching something like whatever, like Nightmare on Elm Street, and would know it was scary and get freaked out and go, oh, I, I, I can't watch anymore. And they'd leave the room, right? 
But then there was the likes of myself and stuff who, who were thinking inside, I sh- I, I, I'm not sure I should be watching this, but I can't stop watching it, you know, and, 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 and this is really cool. And, and the funny thing is about those movies, like, I mean, Robocop um, and Total Recall and Halloween and like, they're incredible films, you know? And so the, the, behind the stuff you weren't supposed to be watching, which is like related to gore or the tone or themes, but behind all of that, there was a really good story being told. And I think, I think you could sense that, you know, whereas like if you just watch something that was a pile of shit but had loads of gore in it, you, you kind of get bored of it after a while, you know? Um, so, um, so yeah, I, 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 I did sort of see a bunch of stuff like, I probably shouldn't have, yeah. Um, was, were, were your parents maybe unintentionally uh, uh, responsible for you being a filmmaker? I know for me, when I was a kid, my dad, my dad and, and my uncle, we, we lived, well, our two families lived very close to each other. Like, there was a big green between us. And I was sent, like, a messenger yeah. across the green with videotapes over and back at least two or three times a week. It was like a reconnaissance mission for entertainment. Right. You know, so you could bring back Sergio Leone films or, you know, yeah. God knows what else was in that. <laughs> God knows what else was yeah, in the yeah, back. But, yeah. but, but unintentionally, my, my dad was feeding that, that, that impulse in me. Was there something like yeah. that in your life? Your dad obviously brings it to the cinema. Yeah, I think they both had their own qualities that were like, like my mother could tell a story about going to the shops today and it would be the most engrossing, hilarious story you've ever heard like you know so she's like a natural storyteller and then my dad like you know he sort of as a kid I, I fondly remember like um he'd like we didn't have much money and and he kind of I was huge at the he-man when I was small like and he would we didn't have any books of he-man and he would make up stories about he-man um when I was going to bed nice. and he had a clue who the characters were. <laughs> like, you know, he said, like, I would constantly go, well, man at arms can't do that. It can't fly. And he'd, oh, I forgot. You know, and he'd, he'd change the story. Like, you know, he was just making it up. But, John from, Thomas, kind of like, but John from Thomas Street can do this. And he said, like, when, when he got to the point where he couldn't think of, what else was to happen? He'd basically leave it on a cliffhanger, and it was like, and then he, he you know, he'd go, he'd make, he like, make a kind of musical sort of uh, 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 impending sense of doom, like, dun, 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 dun. and he'd say, you know, tomorrow, tomorrow we'll find out what happened. And he said the next night, he had a clue what it was about, and he'd get me to remind him, you know, and let's say, remember, he was hanging onto the cliff and whatever. And, oh. Well, in a weird, <laughs> exactly, yeah, but. In a weird way, I think that 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 sense of uh, of of just you know every night having a having a movie uh, been sort of screened inside your head, and then and then sometimes I draw like what he was talking about the the night the the day after and stuff. But um, so like the boat kind of like storytellers in their own sort of way, and then and then you know they were always like they were always in in their day. Like when they were going out and stuff, they they'd go to the cinema a lot. Like it was, it was they they loved the movies, you know. Um, and they didn't like the movies I was into, <laughs> but but they were kind of you know, um, you know they were, you know, uh, uh, film was 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 a big thing, and 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 
the enjoyment of it and and you know especially around christmas time and the rt guide and you'd see what movies were it was a great sense of oh you know indiana jones is on you know whatever you know and that was like that sense of anticipation which is kind of sadly gone these days because everything's instantaneous but that but that sense of anticipation was um was really exciting and kind of sort of magical in some ways you know absolutely i mean it's a responsibility that great filmmakers don't take lightly you know that idea of delivering something very special to entertain people you know and what are your favorite kind of genre films horror and sci-fi films um Oh, there's too many to like. I'm, I'm kind of. A lot of people like you know when they when they talk about their favorite films, they tend to talk about a period in their lives. They tend to talk about films they saw when they were around ten, eleven, twelve. You know, Reanimator. You know, ones that that really affected you when you were when you were small. So I kind of like I grew up with, yeah, like Spielberg, Lucas, Cameron, Verhoeven. Like I love all of that. Like I love. Star Wars films obviously huge for me. Um, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Jaws, Back to the Future, Total Recall, Robocop. Um, you know, uh, and then and then you know as I got older, like you know, Blade Runner and Alien, discovering Ridley Scott, and then and then um, Fincher. Then after that, and then Nolan, and and um, so yeah, it's kind of. Um, you know, and, and and Sam Raimi and 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 those kind of films. Um, but yeah, any anything that sort of uh, was was genre and was sort of well regarded, I was into. You know, mm-hmm. was there was there a light switch moment when you? And this can be, any, I suppose, any point during your career so far. Have you ever felt as if you're on top of it and that it's what you're supposed to do, or do you still get imposter syndrome? Um, no, I definitely, I mean, when I'm directing, I feel like, I feel like I'm sort of just, uh, what's the word? Like when Billy Elliot's doing his dancing, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I feel like I'm, In yeah, his own. Free, is, free, flow, free flowing, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I'm kind of like, this is, this is what I've always wanted to do. Um, and I'm, I'm good at it and I enjoy it and I feel the most alive doing it. I think I still feel a bit imposter syndrome when I, um, you know, when I lived in LA and, and um, you're kind of mixing and um, networking and all that kind of stuff. And you see the real inside of the, of the sausage factory, so to speak. And, and, and um, you know, sometimes like, so, like a lot of lovely people, but sometimes feeling like, man, I've, I've nothing in common with you. You know what I mean? Like just, just um, when you talk about movies. Um, there was a common ground there. You talk about movies, um, but outside of that, you know, um, I think I was saying this in the last but like, like, like so many, especially in in in, in recent years, when I looked into the history of things, mm-hmm. you know, so like a lot of them coming from very privileged backgrounds, um, and you know. Uh, uh, less kind of like you know when you read about when you read about young Spielberg or young Scorsese or whatever it's like you know these guys didn't have that background um 
because you know colleges in you know basically from Reagan <laughs> um, onward like where where it got exponentially more expensive to the to the point now where like you go to NYU or USC or you know wherever there's a film like a, a Columbia or like a place like that like you're, you're talking the guts of a hundred grand a year like seventy five grand a year. Um, is there a sense? Um, is there a sense of entitlement? Do you think from a lot of people entering that world? Um, I think I think to a certain degree, but I also think in Hollywood, ten percent sense of entitlement goes a long way. Like I think I think if you're pitching a project, this is something I sort of struggled with because you know I was always just sort of fighting to keep head above water and and, <laughs> and you know, make a living and stuff. But like they can sort of smell desperation. If you're pitching like and you're like like please i fucking need this job they can like a shark you know in the, just sniff blood in the water whereas if there's a 10 percent sense of like you know fuck you <laughs> I, I could care less whether you hire me or not like you'll be lucky to have me um they sort of want that like i mean it's it's human it's like it's you know it's like the it's 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 nightclub politics it's like you know we all want that girl or guy who you can't have, you know, it's like, it's the, it's, you know, if somebody comes off as desperate and please, please take me, you don't want them, <laughs> you know? So, so that, that, that's kind of um, it, the same over there. So, so to a certain extent that, that goes, that goes a long way. I think, you know, the, 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 it's not as, not so much a sense of like entitlement as, as, as much as it's just a life experience um that that you know wealthy people have had that i think you know in some ways is 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 sort of robs us of some maybe interesting stories that we wouldn't have seen you know i think that that's the you know that's the thing i i i i i wonder about today where it's like you know there's there's a great push and rightfully so for like more diversity within the industry but not as much of a push for economic diversity you know and kind of um you know like i look at like people who inspired me even from here like jim sheridan and, and and people like that i don't know if someone like that today would happen you know um and and you see it even with with um in terms of actors as well you know um uh like I don't know if, uh, if if it would be that common for a Michael Caine or a Bob Hoskins or something like that to happen today, as much as it would be for actors who you know um, have, are independently wealthy and 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 you know uh, go to these fancy colleges or whatever. Um, and I think they've always been there, and as they should and whatever. But I feel that more and more people from a more working class background. Um, are sort of unfortunately getting pushed out, and I, I think that that's uh, that's sort of the, maybe denying us some some interesting perspectives. As well, you know. Yeah, I'd agree, but also um, you know some of the more interesting writers and creators are, are by nature quite shy, you know, mm -hmm. and, and need to be um, encouraged, motivated cajoled into pushing themselves in order to get where they need to go you know and that's also mm -hmm. uh, also something that needs improving and um, speaking about mm -hmm. you're speaking about actors there and I, I agree with you about the working class element particularly in ireland as well it's slowly sleep uh, seeping back in 
I mean, mm-hmm. I, I went and studied in drama school. I'm an actor. Uh, I was very lucky. Mm-hmm. I got a scholarship. But if I didn't get that scholarship, I wouldn't be doing what mm-hmm. I'm doing. I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now. I wouldn't be mm-hmm. working in any way in the arts or creatively if, if I didn't get that. Um, yeah. from, a, from, a, from a casting point of view, what is it that you look for? Not that I'm looking for a job, <laughs> but if you're looking, if, you, if you're looking, if you know, when someone walks into a room or a general casting in general terms, what is it you look for? How do you cast? How do you put the actors at ease? Uh, or do you like to keep them on their toes? How, how, what's that process like for you? Um, I mean, I, I tend to, um, you know, most of the time I, I'll get, you know, the, 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 the kind of long list will be sent by links so i'm looking at links um and i i kind of feel like that that's okay for a a very instinctual kind of like that's the wrong look that's the wrong vibe that's okay that's interesting or that's a very kind of uh because uh, you have to go through so many um but i don't think you can really i hate casting off of them so it, it, what I, what i've always asked to do is that you know you take that short list and you try and meet them you know, because I, I, I feel strongly in terms of like over Zoom, I don't think there's the same, there's just not the same vibe. Like, you know, not that I'm, like, you know, believe in auras or vibes, or, but there's just something that, that when you meet someone in the flesh that you kind of, you know, you go, actually, this is not going to work out. <laughs> or, or, or the opposite where you're like, you know, um, oh, this is, you know, this person is very intense and interesting. Um, and you're seeing them up close, and you're looking in the eyes, which is the most important place to look, because um, that's what's going to be on screen. And and then it's like um, I tend to chat a lot before we do any thing, because then you're sort of seeing the person underneath, you know. Um, and um, I, I just kind of go off of instinct. If like if it's if 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 somebody has the right kind of look or vibe for that character that I had in my head and that sort of ticks that box for me anyway um and then obviously the performance or whatever the read that we're going to do will have a big impact but the biggest impact for me is what 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 I think at the end of that just that chat you know because you, you know especially if you're doing a feature and it's like I'm going to be working with this person for you know however many weeks um months sometimes um you kind of, you want to get on, you kind of want to, you know, um, you want someone that you've got certain commonality with. Um, if, if you spark sense of humor wise, that's a big thing for me. Um, because I think, you know, the, at the end of the day on a movie set, the only thing that gets you through is the ability to laugh sometimes. Um, cause it's, it's mental. Um, but the, um, well, yeah, you get it. You get a strong sense of like, what, what is this, person like underneath like you know the performance okay great but i would rather i don't know i've had experiences in the past where like i've gone off of the performance like that's it's an amazing performance and then i spoke to the person and kind of gone i'm not sure this this person is really argumentative or 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 just you know and and kind of gone it doesn't matter i'll get a great performance and then it's just been it just hasn't been worth it <laughs> you know um to sort of you know yeah, you, ha- you have to enjoy. You have to enjoy the experience as well. You have to. Absolutely, you know, and 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 it's a two way, you know, it's a two way street, and it's like, and that's how you come up, I think, with 
with the best stuff with with somebody who wants to collaborate with you. And I think that you know, because I tend to look upon look at look look at that with regards to the whole crew. When I'm crewing, I'm kind of casting in a way like you kind of you meet someone for for a coffee, and again, I'm not going to just look at you know the CV of of what films a designer has production designed or whatever. You know, I'm not going to just look at that. Obviously, that's a huge thing. Yes. But it's what we talk about over coffee that's going to decide whether this person is going to be, you know, someone cool to work with um, or a pain in the ass. And, and, um, and they might be fine to work with someone else because we, we all, you know, we all um, spark off of different people in our lives. So, so um, it's just finding that, that, that team that you spark with um, and the same for the actors because ultimately I see it all as a, it's all a collaboration, you know, from, from the writers right through to the, the colorists, you know. Mm-hmm. How, would you, how would you motivate um, people around you when you're working? Or what, qualities, um, or what qualities do you think, maybe not necessarily you, that you possess or you, or you don't have, um, but what qualities is ne- are needed to, to, to work efficiently in, in, in the line of work that you're in? I think... I think I think excitement and tone. I think I think if you're um, and I've been on many sets of peers and stuff like that. Like you can see, you can see, like in a weird way when you're not in it, you learn more than when you're in it because you're actually able to observe, uh, you know, um, how the crew are reacting to to, to a director or whatever. Um, I think yeah, with, with energy, if you if you're a person with energy and you have um, a sense of excitement about what you're doing and a passion and and that passion can can that passion doesn't mean that you're Mr. Nice Guy all the time like that passion just means means like that, that you're excited to tell the best version of this story mm-hmm. um and 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 that usually kind of ends up being quite infectious i find um and and your tone like you like so, sometimes you kind of sometimes like it's it's almost like working with a football team or so like sometimes the team's not feeling very good or they're tired or whatever and it's like you kind of like need to get off the bench and and kind of muck in with them because i find sometimes if you just stay in video village and they're just hearing stuff through fucking microphones all the time and 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 you're not there like you're you know you're not like sometimes the cameraman just needs a little coaxing where it's like i'm gonna start i'm gonna be with you for this take and just a bit of encouragement um and and you know, always, always, you know, encourage, um, and and then you know, if you if you realize like, hang on, this is like three strikes and you're out kind of thing. Like like this this person is not up up to this. I find that always comes back on me in the sense like I I, I cast wrong here. I and 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 um, I I um, we need to rectify this problem um, asap because like the the dolly grip doesn't know how to fucking push the grip like you're whatever like and you're like okay this was this was a bad decision we need to rectify that so it's just about being like um uh a, a good captain of the ship in a weird way that you can that that people look to you um with a sense of respect that you'll be firm but fair all the time and that and that you know you'll you'll encourage and you'll 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 lead and you'll be passionate, but at the same time, I've also seen people who are kind of 
want to be everyone's friend all the time and they end up kind of getting walked over. Mm -hmm. um, in terms of, as somebody who's such a big, you know, by your own admission, kind of fan of, say, Sp Spielberg or that genre or that very specific time in, in you know, in cinematic history, what's it like when, you know, you're dealing with his company on a project? Um, is it something, is it, you know, is it, like, not getting back to that imposter syndrome thing, but is, is it a case of you going, right, I'll have my little fanboy moment before I go in or whatever. I, I mean, I'm, I'll get that out of the way and then I'm just, I'll knuckle down and just show these people what I can do. You know, is it one of those things or, or are you allowed to allow yourself to have that and go, I fucking love that. You know, that sequence in X, Y, and Z and blah, blah, blah. If you, you know, or just referencing the work in any sort of way, like how much is too much? Because like what you're saying there about um, uh, on set when people are trying to be everybody's best friend. I mean, what's the balance mm. when you're working, when you're working at that level with those types of people? Um. Well, I mean, the the it depends on like I mean on on the haunting the haunting of Bly Manor is Amblin as well but you I, you know you don't see anybody from from Amblin um uh and then on the on the script that I'm writing um again you don't like I don't suspect that Spielberg will get involved until it's maybe going to happen you know um so so in the in this in the script side of things you're kind of dealing with you know execs in there uh and it's it's very cool and it's very professional but you're not kind of geeking out too much um so i haven't like firsthand worked with with someone like that i mean i've met them and and when you when you when you meet them um yeah you kind of you have that, mo it's weird, like, it's the same as happened to me when I've met, like, famous actors and stuff like that. Like, you have that initial weird kind of, like, Madame Tussauds moment where you're like, that's really, that's really him. Like, you know, it's like, like, I've watched this person on screen, like, you know, when I met, like, Tom Cruise, it's like, you know, that's, that's, that's fucking Tom Cruise, right? And then, and then you have that moment, and then you're kind of like, not that you're geeking out, but you kind of are, 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 don't really know what to say. And then, I don't know, for me, like within five minutes of talking to any of them, you start to see the person that you've, you've never really seen, like, you know, on, you just see a person and, 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 um, and you, you end up talking about stuff that, you know, that, that you, ha you have in common or, or. Yeah. How, how, about the, how about those Red Sox type of conversations? Yeah, you kind of like, you know, or or it's like, uh, like I remember at the at the bad like J.J. Abrams has this like a bad robot. They have this kind of party called the the Oscar Wilde, um, and it's yeah. like, um, you know, I was at that, and I that was the first time I met Spielberg. We ended up talking more about Tullamore Jew, um, because they were giving out free whiskey at the place than anything else. Do you know what I mean? And it's like. I'm like, okay, I'm talking to him about whiskey. <laughs> it's like, and, and as you're getting caught up in that, it's like you're kind of like talking to this very nice kind of like just, just you know, uh, 
man, this gentleman who's 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 talking about whiskey, and occasionally you're going, but this is this is Spielberg, like, you know, and and well, you know, after a bit, you're just you know the the, the that sort of fades away, and I've, I've I've never I kind of feel like it would be. Yeah, it would be pretty, I suppose, unprofessional if, if you were like a 10-year-old kid all the time ar- around someone that you admire. I mean, that would probably get, it would get old for them pretty fast too, you know. Uh, sure. You were like, you know, uh, and, and, and remember the shot in, in this movie or, you know, after a while people were like, just honestly, I prefer to talk about the whiskey. Like that's that's kind of, you know, and, and I think for me even like I kind of, you know, I remember being at, at this one festival where there was a guy who was obsessed with Citadel, you know, and and he kind of um, had seen it so many times. And, you know, it was kind of like a networking event, like, and, and but he kind of kept following me around the whole evening and kind of saying, and this moment, this moment just, you know, and he, yeah, after a while, you're just like, please, I want, I, 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 I'm happy to talk to you about anything else. <laughs> you know, is there any truth in that expression that if you treat someone like a like a star, they'll treat you like a fan? That's interesting. I never heard of that before, but I expect that's true. Yeah. I mean, if you treat, you know, if you meet, if you happen to be lucky enough to meet somebody you admire, if you treat yeah. them like a star, they're gonna treat you like, you know. Yeah, makes like, sense. Makes total you know? sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, what can you tell us? Uh, what can you tell us about what you're working on next? And um, well, I'm 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 writing this um, American Reaper script for Amblin, um, and that's you've, based you've on, been on that for a while, right? I've been on that since. I mean, they 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 gave us the go ahead in August. Um, we didn't really kind of jump into it full time until September. Um so so not that not that long. Um but um but they they want to draft by the end of the year and we're kind of we sort of asked them can we can we do January? Because um I can't, I'm I'm a firm believer that people should read your stuff with in in the best mood possible, you know. And I I don't know, I have this feeling like January New when the, year. When the vaccine lands. Yeah. When it's the day after the vaccine lands. <laughs> you know, yeah. Or you know, if you know, there's, there's a new president in the White House, or whatever it is that 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 can, you know, give a sense of a, a, a better mood. Um, I think that's the time to hit. And this is something that feels better about January to me than for this particular year than than a, a, a socially isolated um, Christmas or whatever. But but the um, so. So yeah, that that's it's 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 based on the Pat Mills uh, graphic novel, and and um, it's um, it's something that I've you know Pat Pat created two thousand AD and Judge Dredd and all those kind of things. Um, it's it's talk about I, I talk about going full circle. Talk about coming back around, like you know, from from yeah, Forbidden, yeah. Forbidden, Forbidden Planet where they would have had two thousand two thousand AD posters in the front window exactly. to, to this exactly yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I've always been a big fan of the the Judge Dread magazine, as they call it. But like the the um, so that's like that's really cool, and 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 there's no guarantee that they'll want to make it. I hope I hope they will. It'll be a, just it would be a dream come true. 
Um, so we'll see how that goes and we'll see how hopefully this vaccine in the, in the new year kind of, um, you know, a lot of a lot of studios are kind of not giving the green light on things at the moment till they, you know, till till it becomes clear what what the hell's happening. So, um, so yeah, that would be if if that vaccine works and stuff would be good news for for everyone, obviously. Um, and yeah, mainly just working on that. And then um, there's another project called Shell Game, which is um, kind of a contained sci-fi that's out the cast at the moment um and then um what else and then there's another project i can't talk about and then um yeah just kind of um pitching on a couple of things i would love to i would love to sort of um do another couple of episodes of tv this coming year just to keep that keep that sort of train moving as well because it's like you know it's features can take a while to get off the ground um and and you know there's a lot of tv and a lot of uh it's it's pretty quick you jump in jump out and um and you get to flex those muscles and stuff you know yeah thinking on your feet um any is there any potential of doing something here now since you're back full-time especially since screen ireland they seem to be taking a lot more gambles on genre stuff over the last yeah five years um yeah. or, is, or is it a case of you know, um, th- there's not enough there in the pot to make something to a, to a standard. Are you always open to do something here? Oh yeah, I mean, like, like if like, like the family's here now, so I'd love to just I'd love to have a reason not to not to leave. You know, um, the shell game is something we've been trying to take here. Um, if that goes, um. You know, certainly anything studio based like that would be, you know, between Ardmore and Troy, there's, you know, some of the best studio space. Yeah. Um, and um, and then, you know, in terms of my own my own stuff. Um, yeah, I'd love to, you know. Find something that would be set here, not just shot here, you know, um, there's definitely definitely sort of, you know, some ideas that that i there was one that i was kind of flirting with a few years ago that was with blumhouse um for a beat it's not with them anymore um called the she which was like my was kind of my version of a banshee story but it was like it was it was it was like citadel meets the wicker man or something it was it was it's it's, it was a pretty kind of intense sort of uh you know sort of uh horror set set in the west of Ireland, which is where I am now and stuff. But but um that's would something you, I still would you have a bash at a remake in Rawhead Rex? <laughs> <laughs> Did you you've seen that I, I presume, yeah? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. It's no it, I, it's, I, it's something you can't unsee. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I think um but no I, you know there's there's even like, you know, uh one thing I've always wanted to do. Um <laughs> was is is um uh you know tom crean famous uh arctic explorer yeah explorer um yeah tell his story um that that would be that would be cool um so yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff i think that that he like now that i'm back and to be honest with you it kind of it's been a it's been a blur i haven't even like really digested the fact that i'm 
back that I'm home. Like, like this is home now. I'm not, you know, because I lit like I had a I had like a light, like literally like in in you know whenever like June. I had a like a life in LA. Like I had a house and a car and and bank accounts and my kid was going to Montessori and I was like, Look, this is my life. This is where I live now. And then a blur. And here I am living back back in Ireland, you know. So it's 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 you know a change uh, of, a change of pace to say the say the least. Um, absolutely. Yeah. I'll, I'll I'll wrap it up pretty soon. It's just uh, usually we ask kind of like what advice you'd give to other people, but maybe I'll turn this on the head now and say and ask you, like, what's the best piece of advice when you're in a bit of a hole that somebody gave you? Um. Ooh, that's a hard one. Um, well, I remember, like you know, uh, one time would have been around 2016. I was really struggling with, I was really struggling to make ends meet because you know the whole year went by and I didn't make anything. And in 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 LA, it's like you know, if you don't make anything in a year, you kind of get kicked off of your health insurance. You know, um, and so, so that was like, and we were pregnant, <laughs> right? And so it was like literally the end, like the tail end of the year, um, would have been this time, this time of the year, um, and a, a commercial for for Samsung came in, um, that saw me flying off to, um, Kiev, but that that kicked kicked in the health insurance, and we were all right in the end, but. In, in the middle of that year, yeah, kind of around July, August, just feeling really, you know, like not good about about the industry in general. Like, you know, would I make it again? I don't actually, you know, I don't want to do this. Uh, just feeling really despondent about the whole thing. And 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 somebody, you know, a friend of mine saying a couple of things. Like one was, um, what would you rather be doing? Um, and I couldn't answer that. You know, and um, and and then they were like, you know, um, just you gotta, you have to fight, you have to fight for this. Like, like you're not entitled to be here. You're not like you have to, you have to find your passion. You have to fight, um, and that you should approach each project like it's the last thing you'll ever make. You know, um, and and um, and stop because I kept talking about things in terms of like trajectory and it was always the sense of like i was supposed to do this movie this year and then that would lead to this movie and this friend was like you need to stop that you know because no one's guaranteed another movie um and and um you need to basically think about each project like this is the last time you do it and that was like uh, that was i don't know I, I found that advice to be kind of ended up allowing me to climb out of the hole where i was like stop stop feeling sorry for yourself like stop um you know, no one's guaranteed anything in this industry. You have to fight for it. And then if you do get another project, work your ass off on it because it might be the last thing you do, you know? Um, and so that's, that's, I don't know, that was helpful to me in 2016. <laughs> it was the, I suppose it was the Lennon, the John Lennon quote, wasn't it? Life is what happens when you're busy making other plans kind of thing. You know? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I think life, like that, that's another thing too, is like the, the life, you know, like he's talking about his beautiful boy there. It's like that 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 you can miss stuff 
there's people I met in this industry, especially in LA, who are complete workaholics. It's like that's film is it. That's it. They're married to that. Um, and everything else is background, right? And fine, that's like if that's that's your chosen. But I I I've tried to sort of like I think while you're making other plans, while you're busy sort of planning the next movie, you can sometimes miss the real gold in your life, which is the stuff you probably are not taking notice of, you know? Um, and I, I think like that, that, that's the stuff I kind of, you know, I find that excitement is like, it's like a, it's like a, the best, the best disease that you can get, like it infects you. And it's like, I get that with my son. And when I take time to be with him and, and, and go on little adventures, it kind of just, it's like in a video game when you, you know, you collect a, a heart and, the, and your kind of energy goes like back up. <laughs> I kind of like, I feel like, yeah, I feel like that with, with him. And then, and then that sort of finds its way into the projects that I'm working on. So, so yeah, I think, I think, um, uh, life is, what happens when you're busy making your plans so it's 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 good to have a sense of both and a bit of a balance if you can mm. can you find yourself doing some fantasy now with the influence of you've a little boy right yeah, yeah 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 can you see yourself venturing down that road at some point in the future or some more uh light i suppose lighter content based on what you've done so far yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, because I, I kind of. You want to do something for him as well, though, don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see. I see what 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 he's into, and like, um, yeah, you'd love to sort of do because he sees like the like you know the posters of the stuff I've worked on. He's like, "What's that?" I'm like, <laughs> like, like, you know, like sixteen um, years, buddy. Sixteen years. Exactly. It's gonna be a long haul, you know. But yeah, you'd love to sort of have have something where it's like and he's been on set and stuff with me and um yeah you'd love to be sort of um even if it's something that 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 you can watch in six years time you know that it's more kind of like for for nine ten year olds absolutely i'd love to do that and 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 every project i've worked with um every project i've done really um has has had kind of kids in the starring role and and it's like it's something i feel i'm good at and working with kids and and having some sort of a, a project that's like what's what's my son's generation's version of the goonies or the well like i'd love to find whatever that is you know mm-hmm. <laughs> um yeah i suppose we could go on and go on and go on um thank you so much for your time um not at all best of luck in the west of ireland um hey, man and Hopefully I'll, I'll see you in the flesh someday. Yeah, be nice. Um, guys, as always, uh, thanks for listening in to the show. If you'd like to support Film Network Ireland, this podcast and all our events and uh, online classes and live events, go to buymeacoffee.com forward slash FNI. Uh, Kieran Foy, thank you so much. You're a legend. Um, thank you, man. Cheers. And uh, continued success. Can't wait to see what you, what you get up to next. Thanks, man. Cheers, man. Take care. Cheers, man.
This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at Headstuff Podcast.